You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. What's going on? Good to see you. It is good to see you. And I am so excited to dive into today's conversation on your new book. It's like out for a week and two days. That's right. Yes. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Ever. I'm excited too. Yes, y'all. It is so good to see you joining us. Thanks for joining this warrior conversation. We're going to dive straight into today's question. How our stories reveal the thing that we want most. And before we kick that off, like Bob, if someone didn't know who you are, like who's Bob Wheatley? Yeah, so I grew up in the church, grew up in Southern California. I always would have said I was a Christian, but that's just because I went to a Christian school. I was praying before meals, praying before bed. But if Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments then I might not have been a Christian. I don't think I was truly a Christian until I was actually 25. And that transformation really happened when I had all of these failures in succession. It was the baseball dream. It was the business. It was the relationship. And when I lost all of those things, I finally became available. And that was a really, really painful thing, no doubt. But for the first time in my life at 25, a guy that was baptized at 13, I think I became a Christian because I said, here, Lord, here's my life. Here's everything. I'm not just coming to you when I need you or when I want something special. Hey, will you please make me a big league pitcher? Not just that. Here, here is everything. So yeah, that's who I am. Okay. I love how you introduce yourself because it's just so rooted in in Jesus Christ. And that's a big deal. Many people want to answer that question. There's wrong with what I'm about to say, but often we dive into what we do as the definition of who we are. And that's not who we are. Who we are is who God says that we are. I love that. That's where you start your story and your journey. And I, I, everything in me wants to ask you a follow-up question, but I'm not going because next Tuesday, Bob is his becoming story coming at TV y'all, which is the point where I ask him, what's the inciting incident at 25? where you meet Jesus and everything changes. So Tuesday, you got that to be to hear his answer to that question. And today's conversation is all about your book because the tagline is very interesting. Like how our story reveal the thing that we want most. So the first thing that jumps to my mind is what is the thing that we want most? Like, how would you define that? Yeah, well, frankly, it probably depends think about it i mean that that subtitle how our stories reveal the thing we want most it's really twofold just to kind of zoom out what what is this book i basically told the bible through pop culture references so i take the dark knight the hunger games i talk about rachel and ross and friends and tell the story of scripture so in one sense how our stories reveal the thing we want most that thing is God. That thing is Jesus. We want a restored relationship to our creator 
what Adam and Eve once had in Eden. So like our stories, the Katniss volunteering as tribute or whatever it might be, that reveals a deep longing of the human heart where we want to see strength, we want to see power, we want to see sacrifice, we want to be restored to the paradise we once had. Yeah. So in one sense, that's how I answer the question, what is the thing we want most? A restored relationship with God. We just want him. On the other side, though, you need to pay attention to the stories that you're telling yourself. So if we look at Bob pre-coming mm -hmm. to Jesus, literally at 25, what were the stories that I was telling myself? If I could only get to the big leagues, then I'll be respected. If I could you know, make a lot of money, then I'll be a man or whatever it is. Those stories, if you pay attention to those whispers, they will reveal the thing you want most. So it's really twofold. There's no real like right or wrong answer to that question, just because it, it depends on the stories you're telling yourself. No, that's really powerful. And I'm curious, like how this book even came to fruition? How'd you get an idea for it? I mean, because this is a concept. So where, where did this come from? Well, I was always a reader. I was always a reader. And just for a little context for anyone that's listening, I played for a couple of years in the minor leagues. So I played professional baseball for the Toronto Blue Jays, St. Louis Cardinals. For those who don't know much about baseball, there's a ton of downtime, a ton. We just always say, hurry up and wait. So we're at the, we're at the field at 2 p.m. First pitch is at 7.30. We're on a, you know, eight, 10, 12 hour bus ride to the next city. So there's a lot of downtime, which means movies, social media, and if you want to, books. So I was always a reader, but I read almost exclusively nonfiction books. It was always, how can I get better? Weightlifting, nutrition, mental game. You know, I'm this minor leaguer with mm -hmm. big league dreams. How can I throw baseballs faster? Like that, that was everything that I was thinking about. And again, would have told you I was a Christian, like I was checking the box, mm -hmm. but my focus was there. And then I had a friend after I retired recommend like, hey, you need to lighten up, man. You need to lighten up. You need some fiction in your life like let's start let's start looking at some stories mm -hmm. you know Let, let's do a little leisure reading it, you don't need to get better all the time and i i pushed back on that literally for years like nope can't do it if i'm gonna sit down and read for an hour and i don't get better and it's just to enjoy that is time wasted which is really, really dumb that's not true at all but that's what i was thinking and so how the book finally came about I had always been a reader. I finally stepped into the world of fiction, but then also my faith had really exploded. Mm -hmm. Once I, I moved to Nashville, which is where I live now, I had a mentor recommend that I read the Bible in a year. Wow. So he and I did that together, read the Bible cover to cover. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I was reading the Bible like memory verses, right? It's like John three sixteen. Yeah, I got that one, okay. You know, let's move on to the next thing. But reading the Bible cover to cover was a really eye-opening experience for me because there's, I mean, there's 33,000 verses in there. Like, you're, there, there's so much more than John 3.16. Not that John 3.16 is lacking at all, but there's so much more to be had. And so, and I'm not going to give it away um, by saying this, but chapter one of the book, and Emily, you've read it, 
Mm -hmm. I, I share, hey, this is how the book came about. I'm reading this science fiction novel, finally in the fiction space, the hero wins the girl. Mm -hmm. And I start to ask myself, knowing that was coming, it's like, of course he wins the girl. Like, of course he does. Knowing that was coming, it still really hit me on a, on a heart level. And I started to ask myself, why? First of all, why do I want that narrative? The hero, the villain, the love interest to be saved. You start in a good place. That place is undone. It's made bad. And then you spend two hours or 300 pages, whatever it is, trying to restore that paradise. Why do I want that so bad? And when I get it, on a micro level, you know, in, in the movie theater or finishing that science fiction novel, why is it awesome? Like, why did, why does it do that to me? And then I look at the book on my nightstand, the Bible, I'm like, it, it's that exact story. Yeah. Like if you zoom out and look at the story of scripture, it's that same love story arc. It's the hero, the villain, the love interest to be saved. You start in paradise, Genesis, Adam and Eve, the fall, right? Paradise is undone, paradise is lost. And then if we look at the rest of the pages of scripture, that entire story is God trying to restore our paradise, not only in terms of some place where there's no pain or evil, but also our relationship to him. Yeah. So how our stories reveal the thing we want most, the book that I wrote, and what I now believe, that's why we tell stories like The Hunger Games or yeah. The Matrix or insert, I mean, hundreds of stories in that blank. Yeah. And there's, there's creative license, like you, you have some flexibility there, you know, people aren't copying each other to a T, but those themes, they're always there. They're always yeah. there. And if what the Bible says is true, and I know you and I are both believers, we believe it to be God's word, that's the ending we'll have. Right. We started in paradise. That paradise was undone. And if you look outside your window and you think about what's going on in our world today, all the, you know, anything that's going on socially, and, and that's the case, you know, last year, it'll be the case next, uh, you know, next year. Any sort of social initiative where you are saying, hey, this is, this is wrong. I want to undo this wrong. That is a desire on your heart saying, I was meant to be in paradise. The world is not as it should be. And the good news is the story that God has written, he has promised, he has said, I, I agree, I agree. This world is not as it should be. This world is not as I created it to be. Yeah. This is how I'm going to restore it. I'm going to defeat sin, defeat death, defeat Satan through my son. All you have to do is love him. That's the story. And so we see it trickle in to our movies, to our novels. And I didn't even realize it until I started looking at all these, all these movies that I grew up with. And that's why the book was so fun to write because I mean, I quote, I know you and I have, have talked about it offline. I quote dozens of movies dozens it's just like all right what did my childhood look like what movies was i watching oh no way like the lion king is the starting paradise paradise is lost okay the hero comes saves the day restores paradise like it's all 
it's all there. And it doesn't have to be a Disney movie. Disney movie. It could be The Matrix. Yeah. Same deal. So, yeah, that's how the book came about. It was like the right side and left side of my brain talked. That's awesome. Stories plus Jesus. It's one and the same. I love that. And, you know, you mentioned you started reading fiction, finally, mm -hmm. after writing it. And I just think that this is fun. Um, and we talk about this in your Becoming Story. Like, what's the first fiction book that you read? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was the same for you. In high school, we were always reading fiction. Like, I read 1984. I read The Red Badge of Courage. I read Beowulf, I remember liking. But those were assignments, right? right? There's a paper on the back end. It's like, I didn't really read Beowulf. It's like, I read enough to do the paper and, and move on. The first fiction novel that I read at the behest of that friend, like, hey, Bob, you need to lighten up. Let's get some fiction in your life. Right. Was actually Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, oddly enough. Yeah, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And it was awesome. It was what? so good. Like, like I, didn't, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I buy the Barnes and Noble classic and it was so good because i had been reading you know a bunch of nonfiction books self-help type stuff and all that which they're great right but you don't go to nonfiction self-help books for the writing right like for the craft of it you go for the application it's basically a podcast yeah. you know on paper exactly. hey tell me the 10 steps to become the best me mm -hmm. whereas mary shelley like it's a it's a story yeah. it's a novel i remember because you know i always have have a pen when i'm reading <clears throat> and i remember there's sometimes where i would just underline a couple sentences and just write in the margin beautiful like just amazing writing <laughs> so that was helpful for me in a couple of different ways first of all just allowing myself to enjoy yeah hey we're just gonna read mary shelley tonight and you know not worry about creating some new habit to make me the best version of me like let's just enjoy but then i also think it helped me as a writer just understanding like there this is an art expect more of yourself as a writer like it's it's okay to make someone's life better to make them think differently that's all good that's the non-fiction world right but share in a way that hasn't been shared before like take the extra time the extra month, the extra year, and make it beautiful. Yeah. Do something different. So yeah, Mary Shelley, Frankenstein. If you have you read it? No. I just it was just the weirdest, like cool, not bad weird. I yeah. just laughed. Said that that was the first book you read to yeah. just have fun. I would not have guessed Frankenstein. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, and and I didn't know much about the story until I picked it up, because when we hear Frankenstein, everybody you know, listening would have some sort of image in their head. It's like, okay, the big green monster with bolts coming out of him, right? Like he's big and scary and we dress up like him for Halloween. That's not really the story that's portrayed there. Frankenstein is actually the doctor, not the monster. It's Dr. Frankenstein who creates the monster. And the entire story is this monster who has no companion, because again, he was just made in a lab, running around and tormenting humans on accident because he's just trying to find what's called his person right and eventually like he you know he he ends up learning to speak 
He goes back to Dr. Frankenstein, asks him to make him a woman, essentially. Frankenstein won't do it because he's terrified at this experiment gone wrong. And then he really like turns to vengeance. Mm -hmm. But it's only because he has this, even though he's not human, very human response. Like, I just want to be loved. I just wow. want companionship. So yeah, like you think Frankenstein is like, ah, oh, this is, you know, some you know, 100 plus year old book about Halloween. It's like, nope, this is a book about humans and our desire to love and be loved. Mm -hmm. So here I am, the nonfiction lover, just praising Mary Shelley. I, yeah, I love it. No, you should to. read it. You should read it. It's I good. need to. Well, and I love how you even talk about the love of writing and the words. And that's truly mm -hmm. how I like, I literally had so many like, Bob's command of words is amazing like just how you put words together is so good like powerful thanks. yeah thanks i appreciate Absolutely. that okay so i asked you i did i did have a lot of editors so i just maybe i just had a good team around me but thank you for saying that you're welcome it is appreciate that. um you know one thing that's interesting we're talking about the self-help world and then we've talked about fiction we've your book and in like the becoming journey and in, in the self-help side of things people often hey like what story are you writing with your life and and we kind of pursue how we want maybe the energy it's also like on tiktok and like being the character in your life yeah and have you seen the movie the holiday by chance who's in that again oh man i'm horrible at actor and actresses names it is like it's a classic if you guys know, drop it in the chat because yeah, you can. When you say that, I picture, I picture like, a, is that a Christmas movie with Vince Vaughn? Yeah. I don't think I've seen it, but like, I picture the the cover art. I don't know. Yeah. It's for like the holiday, okay. England and California. Uh, so yeah, it's a really good movie. Now you have to watch it. Mitch Siegel, what's up, my friend? Good seeing you. Yeah, I have I haven't seen uh, the holiday. It is one of my favorites. Okay. But there movie where one of the main characters she's a, a leading lady so to speak but she's also a female character who's always overlooked and doesn't trust male characters which we yeah. talk about too, the two types of love interests mm -hmm. so she's at dinner with an older guy that she a neighbor she's helping him out like he's a friend and mm -hmm. going through this like breakup with this guy that she had never even dated but she loved him for forever he strung her along and the older gentleman looks across the table like, you have been playing like the second in your own life. You're a leading lady, you're a leading lady. And obviously the, there's inspiration to that, right? Like lead your life and all that. Mm. But in your book, you talk about how we're really not the main character. We have a secondary role, yeah. which is very interesting, very insightful and powerful. So talk to me about what that means. Yeah, I think... And especially for me growing up in the world of athletics, we are always taught to control the controllables and be first one in, last one out. You know, it's like you can, you can work your way to whatever destination you want. And it creates this false sense of control. Mm -hmm. Like we are taught to believe that we can control our lives. That's not true at all. I'm gonna fall asleep tonight, sleep for eight hours, and my heart will beat thousands of times and I'll have no idea mm -hmm. that it's happening. I, I, I have, I have, I might be able to choose what I 
eat for dinner tonight. But beyond that, like I, I don't have much control over my life. Like tomorrow is not promised. We are in the, the palm of God's hand. And so as far as what I write in the book, that is a big paradigm shift in understanding the role that we play in this story. And I think we can fall into a, a pretty significant tra trap when we get on stages or when we write books saying, this is about you. Like God wants you to be the best version of yourself or, or God wants to actualize, optimize you. Like you were made for a purpose. You're spectacular. That's, that's not, not completely untrue, but if that's the only message you deliver, then it's 100% it's incomplete because Jesus says that he who loses his life for my sake, will find it. Whoever loses his life will find it. Whereas if you're on stage saying like, you're amazing, you are meant for wonderful things, you're a world changer. Jesus said of John the Baptist, he's the greatest man born among women. John the Baptist said, I must decrease that Jesus might increase. So again, in just looking to see what the Bible says and comparing it to the things I was reading, comparing it to the things that I was hearing in the world of sports. The world of sports is telling me you're the hero. You're the protagonist. This is your career. It's your life. Make it happen. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Bible is saying, but no, it's not. It's not your life. You are God's son made in his image, born into a story about him. And so the, the way I describe it in the book, every story has a protagonist. Harry Potter, it's about Harry Potter, right? Hunger Games is about Katniss Everdeen. So you can't have a female hero, you know, it's just the protagonist who's the, who's the main character. So if you zoom out and look at the story of scripture or the story that we are living, we are not, not the protagonist. This is a story about God and we like any other supporting character are there to facilitate the hero's story. Like we help to round things out and provide more details. Even the enemy of a story is there to assist the hero's journey. Where, and I mean, the, the villain is always bad. The villain is always trying to do evil, create destruction and all that. But the author uses that evil intentionally to allow the hero to step in and prove who he or she really is, provide the strength, give the sacrifice. So, but if you didn't have that villain, if you didn't have the bad, you couldn't see the good or you would, maybe you wouldn't need the good to that degree. So yeah, again, I just go back to what Jesus said, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What he's saying is, it's not until you realize this is my story, Jesus, a story about Jesus and not your own. It's not until then that life will make sense for you. And I have absolutely experienced that. It's a nine day, 180 degree shift from what I was doing in, in baseball. So if somebody was listening to you say that now and they were like, okay, I hear you and I hear what you're saying. Like, and I want to experience like you, you, Bob can identify like a very clear, the reality for you. Mm -hmm. If somebody 
experienced that and they're hearing these words or maybe they've even already diving into these truths how do they start to experience believe that I, mean, I, I guess the first thing i would say is get into god's word because there's nothing that i can share on a 30 60 minute interview with you that's gonna move the needle right like god's word has power i'm just somebody who can try to share it as best he can so I would just say, first of all, if you don't have one, get a Bible. If you have one and you're not talking to it, pick it up. You know, again, like uh, reading the Bible in a year was such a transformative experience for me. And 2023 will be the sixth year in a row that I do it. Now it's just baked into my day where I wake up, I'm in the Word. And it's not crazy. I mean, it, it, it might sound like a lot. It's 20 minutes on some days. 30. 30 minutes if we're in Leviticus, you know, it takes a little longer, but that, that, let's say it's a half hour for first thing in the morning. That is so much more fruitful for my life, whether it's spiritually or even just, you know, starting the day in a good headspace. That is so much more fruitful than let's say I spent those 30 minutes, you know, after dinner, watching a TV show or crushing some YouTube videos or whatever it is. It's like, there, there's always time. You make time for what, what's important to you. And so if you're listening to this and you want to experience God, that is the first place you have to go because, and again, I, I grew up Lutheran. So it was, it was heavy, heavy doctrine. It was heavy Bible. Like, what, what did Martin Luther do? 95 Theses, banging on the wall. Like, hey, guys, we need to get back to the Bible. That's all good. But I didn't really, I didn't really learn much about the things of the Spirit. You know, God potentially speaking to you and more of the, the relationship in that regard. But even still, the foundation that I was given through reading God's words, like, you need in order for you to like for example take every thought captive and make it obedient to christ first of all you need to know that the bible literally commands you to do that so as all of these thoughts are rolling through your head you know you're up and down and up and down the bible god literally commands you take it captive make it obedient to christ you're like okay cool the next thing you have to know is all right well what what does that mean like what did Christ teach? What does the Bible say? And not just a, a you know quick verse here. Like, what does the whole thing say? Like, there's so much in there. And it's not just stories. It's also wisdom and all that stuff. So in order to take a thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, you have to know what it says. And it, it was once I started diving into God's word that I started experiencing him in other ways hearing those whispers, the, the nudges, my, my, my worship in church even changed radically. It's like, I cannot wait to go to church today and just be in his presence. I don't think, think that would have happened if it weren't the found, if it weren't for the foundation, Yeah, you know, because once, once you know God and once you know about his character and stuff like that, you, you can't not worship him. Like he, he's that good. So it's it's based off of the knowledge. Yeah. It's saying 
this is God. This is God's character. I love this. Give me as much of this as possible. Yeah. Versus chasing, chasing some, you know, fleeting experience, you know, lasers and lights and stuff like that. It's like that, that stuff can come and go. Right. So, yeah, I would just say get in the word. The Bible is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. God is the best-selling author of all time. There's a reason. It's amazing. So, yeah, I'd say, I'd say start there. So six years ago, when you started this journey of reading through the Bible every year, like, is there a plan that you're using for all of us practical people? You're like, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm on a specific plan. It's an Old Testament passage, New Testament passage, a psalm, and a proverb. So, yeah. That's the way we go about it. If, if anybody's listening, you guys want that, just send me a DM. I'll, I'll shoot it over to that, you. That is awesome. yeah. practical. Thank you for unpacking that. Yeah. All right. Oh, the book. Where can people buy your book? Like, where can also get the audio download? Because you already know. That's yeah. my favorite. Even though I am reading. Yeah. You know, um, where can people connect with you? Tell us all about this. Yeah. So as far as the book, like all books, it's available on Amazon. You can also go to my website bobwheatley.com. We've got everything for you there. If you purchase a physical copy, go back to bobwheatley.com. You can download the audiobook completely free with that receipt number. Cool. So I just, some people like to, you know, listen in the car or whatever it might be, read along with the audio. I just want you to have both. And uh, yeah, I know we had, we had some laughs about that, Emily, just because I've been known to do some character voices. <laughs> When we're talking through these stories, but yeah, I it's, wanted to keep, I wanted to keep it light, you know, the best, like I literally, I'm walking laps, listening to this book y'all for on Tuesday, Bob's becoming stories going to air. I met Bob like on a weekend and like four days later with, we're filming his story and I was like, I gotta read his book. What's the best way I can read his book? So I'm listening to it. I'm walking, like getting a workout in, listening to his book, and all of a sudden, <laughs> these character voices, and I was not expecting it, and I'm pretty sure people walking past, like, at my reaction, I started laughing out loud, I'm like, this girl is crazy, but very entertaining. Well, I mean, you're, you're stuck with me for five hours, so you gotta, you know, you gotta have the voice inflection, and mm -hmm. if you can, why not throw some, some character voices in there, so... Well, you can yeah. definitely be yeah. like actor. It's great. Um, Wanted to keep it fun. It, it definitely is. That's for sure. Um, so y'all definitely know where you can buy the book. And as I've shared a couple times on Tuesday, Bob's Becoming Story will be at becomingme.cv. And in that story, we really dive more into Bob's story, like what has shifted into who he is now. Today's conversation really dove into him, which is absolutely incredible. I can't recommend buying his book more i will also let a little surprise out of the bag on this live that i am giving away one of Bob's books next week um, and i think we're actually going to do a little joint giveaway get a copy of my book and a copy of bob's and i'm going to have all the details next week so follow on instagram it's going to be very fun okay. have a little bit of your heart's desire with how to become me at the same time so i like it me. double trouble nice yes. 
Exactly. So stay tuned for a giveaway. Stay tuned for Bob's story next week. Um, but this was just so much fun and so encouraging. Like, thank you for writing this book. I know the writing process is not easy. It's very much putting who you are, and what God is downloading to you out for the entire world to see. And it's a big deal. A lot of courage. Um, it takes a lot of gumption. And you really, you did an incredible job obeying and trusting God. And so I commend you for that. And I, I thank you for your time. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you for one of, the, one of the best parts of writing the book is just having conversations like this and being able to share it with you. And, you know, we can joke about Bob making a pirate voice and stuff like that, but being able to share like our, our, I mean, literally our heart's desire, like we're just sharing God together saying like, yes, I believe this to be right and true and praiseworthy. And yeah, I'm so glad you and I have met and, you know, we've obviously started a, a good friendship yeah. here and I'm just really grateful for you and this opportunity and being able to share this with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all of you for joining us for this warrior conversation. It's been fun watching you join and comment in the chat and help me out with all the character names from the holiday. Y'all are awesome. So thank you for jumping in there. I appreciate it. And have a great rest of your Thursday night, everybody. This is an awesome Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv.